0: Thank you for listening to Voices of Grace. As always, I'm Ryan Peterson. I'm with the Communications Department here at Grace Community Church. And our goal with each and every episode is we want to profile followers of Jesus who are on mission in showing Jesus' love to others and the gospel. And today I'm joined by Ananda. Samarawira, did I say that right? I apologize yeah. if I didn't. Um, Ananda is the technical, one of the technical superintendents of Marine Operations for Mercy Ships. Um, if you're not familiar, Mercy Ships operates the largest non-governmental hospital ships in the world, providing humanitarian aid. Um, and you also attend our Grace Lindo campus. That is correct. Um, and thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. So um, first... Could you just give us a little bit, bit of a background? You have an amazing story, um, and we have a lot to get to, but maybe can you just fill people in that haven't met you or know you? Where were you born and raised, and a little bit about your family?
1: I was born in Sri Lanka, and I have one brother and one sister. Both are elder to me, and both my parents are deceased. Okay. And uh, my brother and sister lives in U.K., and I'm here.
0: So how did you how did you get, I mean, there's so much to your story and I've struggled with where, where should we start? How did you get, um, I guess to the United States, or should we talk about, um, your being attracted to Marine life? Because that has been so much of your life. Should we start maybe there with, how did you get, um, before we get into mercy ships, how did you get attracted or interested in, in, in getting into Marine life?
1: When I was a little boy, I always wanted to go out and see the world okay I was very much attracted to the world and the people and how they live, the culture, the food and all the uh, other things comes with that. and also of course to see different countries yeah And one way to get out of uh, the, the, the country is to study something that you can uh, use in the future. So I thought, okay, so there are ships. so if I study about ships, the marine engineering, so I will get a chance to go to different countries. That is how that I started to move around the world, to see the world through the marine uh, engineering, working with ships.
0: So how did you get connected with Mercy Ships? I mean, how did that journey go in terms of, I guess, your first job on a ship? or And then how did you get in with Mercy Ships?
1: When I got in touch with Mercy Ships, I was in Norway. Okay. I was studying... Over there.
0: In Norway. In Norway. Okay.
1: During that period, one of my friends uh, came to me and said, Ananda, there is a small gathering uh, in the city, so I think that you would like to come and uh, join with us. Then I said, okay, I always like to meet people. I have never seen them before, so I said, okay, I'll come with you. So the lady took me to that mission gathering, over there, I met a lady that who worked with Mercy Ships. She was the first captain's wife. And then we had a brief chat. Then she asked me, because of my background, oh, you're a marine engineer. We we have need in that area on board of our ships. So maybe that you are interested. I said, not right away. I'm studying here. Maybe one day I will come and join with you all. And that was the start of this uh, ship's journey. So at that meeting, the lady took uh, note of my address and that, uh, my name actually. Okay. So then uh, we had a kind of a 10 minutes uh, uh, the, the chat a uh, uh, talk and we we left. And two weeks later, that my friend rang me and said, Ananda, you have got a letter here. I said, yeah. Who is going to send a letter to your place because no one knows me over there? So please come and uh, open and see. When I went out there, so she gave me the letter, I opened the letter and there was an application form for mercy ships. And I thought, what? Anyway, I would like to apply. I'd like to uh, see what opportunities they have for me, but not right away. At that time, I wasn't a Christian either. So I've, but I had the contacts with the student pastor at the university, okay. uh, the city that I lived, I went to him, I said, I got a letter like this. This is a Christian organization, but I would like to see what I can do with them. He said, Ananda, not to worry, because I know who you are. I will write a letter uh, for you, because they need a pastor's reference, but I know you very well as a student. So that was the beginning uh, of that journey, sending that uh, application uh, to uh, the Swiss office, and uh, that I never, I never knew at that time, and they, are, uh, they would be interested in me. Yeah. But that was the beginning.
0: And I think that's one of the more amazing things about your story when I was uh, doing my background, because um, you've done some other interviews, and I was like, you were not a Christian, as you just said, when you joined Mercy Ships, and I want to get into that as well, um, because there's so many different, different things to get to. Um, in terms of Mercy Ships, though, what, what exactly do they do? I mean, what attracted you to Mercy Ships? Was it simply just wanting to travel the world, or did you at that time really want to help people um, in terms of what this ministry does, even though at that time you weren't an actual Christian?
1: I really wanted to know what they were doing at the, at the beginning. I, I, I wasn't aware of uh, uh, Mercy Ships at all. I never heard about Mercy Ships before. I lived in a different city in Norway one year, uh, uh, the studying uh, 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 course. So during that time, one of my friends took me to see the biggest uh, the ship at that time, the Anastasis. I I, I I never had a clue about that ship. That was the first time. And during that time, that I asked, okay, what do you do? And that they said, oh, we are helping people, and this is so what you we didn't do. even
0: really know for sure what they did. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. No, I never heard about that. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, in the
1: ministry before that was the first time yeah and uh, that while i was on board i asked a few questions then i came home and then i asked a few things but then i heard they are helping people regardless of their backgrounds or what who whoever they are they extending their helping hand yeah and that attracted me because as human being that that must be one of our duties to render our helping hand to those who are in need yeah and that was the the main reason that I wanted to join with them. Uh, yeah, the Mercy that makes ships. sense.
0: That makes sense. So as a technical superintendent, or I don't know, I know you've had multiple, I believe multiple positions with the organization or in marine life. What is a technical superintendent do for those that aren't familiar with ships and, <laughs> and all the things that go with it? What What specifically does your day look like or what do you do for Mercy Ships?
1: Okay. Let me explain a little bit about my job description. Okay, okay. So that's the best way to okay. g- get uh, uh, <laughs> get to it. Coordinate the technical operations of company ships in liaison with the ship's senior officers and the technical uh, director. Coordinate repair and maintenance functions for the company ships to minimize downtime and costs of repairs. I have a few more. Receive requests for repairs and modification to determine compliance with statutory regulations and classification society rules. Oversee preparation of work plans for major repairs, modifications, annual refits, and dry dockings of company ships. Maintain contact with contractors to ensure completion of work according to the contract terms. Monitor classification requirements for each ship to ensure timely completion of scheduled surveys and attention to ide- identified defects. The last one, liaise with regulatory agencies to ensure that requirements for alterations, repair, or modifications are kept at minimum cost, consistent uh, with the safety. That is part of my job description. Okay. So I work with... Uh, the Classification Society service, the shipyards, the contractors, day-to-day that I work with uh, the, the ship officers going back and forth and many other companies that, who are going to come and do different jobs on board. Okay. So I'm the first contact person in that part. So
0: do you, um, do you physically travel with the ships or had you before or has that changed over time? Like are you physically traveling around the world with the ships or what does that look like?
1: I uh, I have been with the ship for uh, 14 years okay. before I left in 2017. Okay. So my last job was uh, I was the chief engineer on board, taking okay. care of the technical department, uh, the so, activities.
0: So you, you've you traveled, I would assume, all over all over the world, correct?
1: Not all over the world, but before I joined my ships, yes, that okay. I worked with ships, okay. then I... Uh, I got a, got the opportunity to travel around the world but after joining the ship after joining with my ships I also travel quite a lot
0: okay um, do you miss I so you're probably you're not traveling like you were before now correct yes do you I'm miss not do traveling. you miss that or it was it kind of like you did it for a long time and, and it was time to
1: I don't miss that okay but at the same time I'm engaged with the ships okay time to time very rarely that I uh, travel too but during our shipyards and during uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the ship repairs and sometimes that uh, we have to do some uh, the travels. So I, I still get that opportunity to go on board and do the jobs that I used to do, but at the same time help with the officers and the crew on board to get the jobs done with other companies coming on board. So basically, I don't really miss that because I strongly believe God has a purpose of bringing us to a place and giving us a job to do. Yeah. In that way, yes, that I lived on board that long time and I loved it and I enjoyed it. My family did that too. However, God has given me a different job now. So I enjoy that job as long as that he wanted me to do that job. Therefore, I do not miss anything what I have done in the past.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I didn't know where to go here next, and I was going to ask you what you would like to talk about, because I would like to hear your story in terms of how you came to know Jesus, but then also how you met your wife um, and the order that that went in. But So you, you were a Buddhist, correct?
1: I was born as a Buddhist.
0: Okay, so how how did that journey start or begin in terms of you coming to know Jesus um, and then even um, your wife? um, Did you meet her before or were you saved before you met her? Can you kind of take us through that journey?
1: Thank you. It's a long story, but I will try to cut short.
0: Hey, it's a podcast. We have as much time (laughs) as we want.
1: (laughs) When I was living in Norway, uh, that my life went up and down. So I came to a place that I was seeking. I don't, uh, I was seeking something uh, different. Yes, the Buddhism is a great religion in the world, is a great philosophy, but yet I did not have that peace that I was looking for. So at one point I had a very low time that I was thinking, what is the reason of living in this world? There is no reason for me to continue if the life is like this. So then I thought, okay, so everybody talks big about this God called Jesus. And I never knew him. So one day, when I came back from my studies at the university, so I sat down, I had an old Bible with me, given to me by a very precious friend. Before I opened that Bible, I said to myself, and I started to talking to me, and also that I thought I'm going to talk uh, to this person that I do not know uh, who is called Jesus. Lord, everybody called you Lord, but I don't know you. And this is where I'm at today. I really need help. If you are real, show me who you are. And if you cannot show me, then this is the end of that, my journey. Uh, with this life so that was the starting point and then i opened the uh, the bible and i wanted to read a passage show me where i should read that was my uh, kind of a uh, question to the jesus at that point so he took me to a place in uh, matthew chapter 4 uh, verse 19. I never had a clue about that one because I don't know the bible that much at that time yeah what it the the the, the, the scripture uh, talks to me follow me i'll make you fishers of men i was just thinking what does that mean <laughs> i i don't have any clue so i closed the bible okay and i, le- uh, I le- uh, th- that was that was the thing that day yeah and i never opened it after that but a thing started to happen step by step. Okay. That, which I explained to you earlier. Uh, the missionary gathering took place in the small city that I lived in, Norway. And my friend knew about it. And she wanted to invite me to go to that place. So that was the starting point of that whole journey that God has started. And after sending, I'm going backwards now a little bit, after sending that application to the mercy ships that lady sent. Yes. I got a phone call two weeks later, got a phone call from the U.S. office. Oh, we need an engineer, so would you like to join with us in two weeks' time? Uh, I said, uh, I'm sorry that- In two weeks? I was really thinking about, oh, what is this? Who is this person calling me, you know? What did I do? <laughs> I, I I was a second year student at that time at the university, so I cannot just uh,
0: wow uh,
1: uh, uh, leave everything behind. Yeah, I said, give me uh, one week. I will come back to you. Give me a call. So at that point, so I knew. Okay, I'm 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 going to leave everything behind what I have started because I need peace and I wanted to find that peace. Then. In 91, I applied for visa to the U.S. because they asked me to come to the U.S. and join the ship. I applied a visa. I sent about my visa application on Friday. And then I wanted to book my tickets. Friday means one Friday, okay? I didn't have the money to go. At that point, I, as a student, that uh, I had only 150 US dollars in my bank account and to fly, to apply for the visas, and also they told me you're going to do, uh, you have to pay to be on board. I said, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pay to be on board and at the same time you're asking me to work as an engineer? That
0: doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but that, that that is the way that they were uh, doing the job. Okay. I said, okay, fine. So I talked to my friends, and they were trying to make me, uh, uh, not make me a Christian, but they loved to see that I would accept Christ one day. Yeah. They were all behind me, mm-hmm. though I was very arrogant at that time, and I was telling them, some of the friends that who wanted to convert me to Christianity, I actually be- told them to get lost. Oh wow! Even the some pastors. Yeah. I said, if you're are uh, interested in me, please, that you need to be interested in me, not what I believe.
0: Okay.
1: As a person. Yeah. Yeah? Because you say that God is love. Then demonstrate that love uh, uh, without trying to convert me into a religion that I'm not prepared to accept right now. Okay. I need to understand who this Jesus is
0: first. Yeah, yeah.
1: So some of the friends that I said, please don't call me anymore, and I don't want to talk with you. So I I was very arrogant, and at the same time that I was hurt as well, the way that uh, some of the friends wanted me to accept the Jesus. To cut the long story short here, but deep inside myself that I knew I wanted to know who this Jesus is, but I was so proud, I don't want to tell them that because that means it's a surrender for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's the pride swallowed me at that point. Somehow, my other friends that were really interested in me, so they came and said, Ananda, if you have got that opportunity, we would like to help you to go and I think you can leave behind everything because God will organized everything for you in the future according to his purposes, though I didn't have much understanding about what they were talking at that time, yet I wanted to take that opportunity. So one of my friends bought the ticket. Another uh, person uh, said, okay, don't worry that we will pay for your uh, the crew fees that you are going to be on board. And you also need to do a discipleship training uh, school. Bring this much money. That is what they told me. I said, oh, where am I going to find that uh, $4,000 or something like that at that time? But within two weeks' time, I had everything in my bank account. I don't know how it happened. So I didn't buy the ticket. I went to the ticketing office, and I told the person... I'm going to go to U.S. I need to get the ticket. The ticketing agent said, okay, not to worry. I'll book your ticket. You don't have to pay right now. You can pay when you know that you are traveling. I never heard that before. At the same time, he rang the Dutch embassy because I had to go at Holland. My my ticket was through Holland to U.S. Okay. So I... uh, So I came to Oslo to go to the American embassy uh, to get my visa to travel. So I left everything. I took two bags with me, and I came to Oslo, to one of my friends' place. And the next day morning, I went to uh, the American embassy. That morning, they received my application. And they said, OK. So they interviewed me, and after half an hour, they said, OK, we will let you know. I said, no, I booked my ticket, and uh, they wanted me to come. My ticket is tomorrow morning, such and such time, and I need that answer right now. He looked at me like, what are you talking, boy? (laughs) (laughs) Then he said, okay, come at 1.30. But still he did not tell me, the visa officer, that he's going to give me or not. Now I have to go to the Dutch embassy nearby, and to tell them, I don't have the passport with me for you to stamp my other visa that I can travel through Holland. They said, we are closing 12 o'clock. I said, I'm sorry, you have to help me here. I don't have any other way. Only 1.30, I'm getting my passport from the U.S. Embassy. Then the lady looked at me and said, okay, when you get the passport, come and tap on that door and we will open. I never knew an embassy will open for a person that who has never knew before. At that point, something clicked in my mind and telling me, God is, is the one who is organizing your journey. Son, do not be worried. Yeah. Walk, and I will never forget you. And you have come with that faith. So do not be worried about anything what's going to happen in the future. I will take care of you. So that day, I got the visa. I got the Dutch visa. Then I came to the US the next day morning. I missed the flight in New York. And I told the, the office over there, I need to get back to uh, the Tampa, Florida. The ship is leaving tomorrow. They wouldn't listen to me. Then I waited. And again, the crew changed. I approached the counter again and I told the lady at the counter. She looked at me and said, not to worry, you cannot travel today because we don't have a flight, but I will book everything for you that you can travel tomorrow morning. Then I told the lady, this is the first time I'm in New York. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to go to get the bus to go to the hotel and come back. She said, Don't worry. She stopped all the others and said, follow me. She took me to the gate and showed me the bus stop. (laughs) That particular bus will come over there. You just have to wait there, and they will take you to the hotel, and they will bring you back the next day morning. This like that God is organizing everything for me, and that is how I joined the ship. (laughs) And then I sailed with the ship. Right. And I I got involved with, you asked me a question, how I met my wife. During that period that they were doing evangelism through Jesus film, going into different places in the town, in the marketplaces, you know that. So I, I was very inquisitive. I just wanted to see, oh, what are they doing? But I had a kind of a mind because I'm used to this sort of things in Buddhism, and then other. I have seen uh, the Salvation Army, what they are doing, and right. all. Then I had a, and I also had a friend while I was studying marine engineering in Sri Lanka. So he was a Christian. So we used to laugh at him. Oh, this boy is telling nonsense.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. As as young boys, that uh, that was the uh, kind of a thing that uh, we used to laugh. You know, yeah. not kind of a thing, but. We thought, oh, he's out of his mind. Yeah, yeah, it's not uh, with proper sense that what he is doing. Mm-hmm. So I joined with them. Then later, even without knowing that, I became the person who is uh, coordinating the Jesus Film activities, the evangelism. Yeah, but this is after that I, uh, I, I this uh, after I completed my discipleship training school. At that point, that was in 1993, that point I realized I cannot have a one leg here and one leg here. I can be a very good man, but that doesn't help me. I need to know who this Jesus is. Therefore, I need to take both of my legs into the one place and try and understand. He has now taken me this journey. And that is the point that I thought, I'm going to do this discipleship training school and to learn the Bible the way that I can understand, through uh, through other people. And at the end of that discipleship training school, that's a three months in the classroom, two months in the field. During the field, uh, the service, that I realized, I want to know this Jesus more and more and more. I was very fascinated, passionate about that one. So then I decided I want to get baptized. We were in a small island doing evangelism with our discipleship training school people and with another church in Brazil. At that time we were in Brazil, the Mersheps. So in the Amazon River, there were seven people from five different continents and we were all baptized by the pastor who did not speak a single word in English. Wow. To me, it was like that Jesus film that where the Jesus is coming and Jordan River when he was, uh, the the uh, when he was uh, having that uh, the the holy baptism.
0: Yeah.
1: the scenery came into my mind. It was very real much. now.
0: Yeah.
1: It has become real now. So during that journey, at one point that we were in Nicaragua doing the field service. There, my future wife, or my current wife, future means at that time, yes. future never knew. We are all volunteers. So we used to go out uh, with the Jesus film, set up all the equipments with the local pastors, and it is two hours long, and we are waiting, and we are praying, and we talk to each other, and that is how that we go to know each other. At that time, I couldn't drive. Therefore, this young a girl at the reception, who was a, a the nurse uh, from uh, by profession in uh, uh, Netherlands, joined to serve the uh, the ministry. So she came. Okay, I can drive. I will drive you all, and that is how the relationship got started. And that is the the beginning of our long relationship. And then in 1999, when uh, that we got married in UK, in England. And then in 2003, we left for a short period of time just to get to know each other because uh, the ship is a very small place to get to know each other. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, since that we got to know each other on board, but we do not know each other very well. So that is how that... Uh, uh, and then 2003 we realized even though we left merchants for a short period, our long-term goal is to serve the Lord. So as a family, we came and joined the merchants ships and, uh, with the current ship, African Mercy. It was uh, converting into a hospital ship from a rail ferry. And that was the start of the journey with African Mercy to West Africa and the Southern Africa to Madagascar
0: man that story is amazing Um, I guess could you I guess kind of briefly because we we, we're going a little long here but it's been worth hearing your story could you briefly kind of just talk about what you have seen God do in this ministry I know you've had to have seen some amazing things um, and your own story is amazing but is there is there one story or, or just what would you say you've taken from your experiences with mercy ship and what you've seen god do
1: let me tell you a story i have so many stories that i have uh, oh yeah i'm sure it's endless yeah but all these stories are coming through the jesus film and i'm fascinated about that and passionate about that
0: too yeah
1: that's an opportunity god has given me to understand all the people that we are serving together and we are not different We were in Monrovia, Liberia in 2008. At one, uh, one, uh, one, one day a pastor came to me, a local pastor that we worked with uh, with the Jesus film. Ananda that uh, today we are not going to uh, organized, the planned uh, uh, the place that we are going to show the Jesus film, but we are going to go over here because we had to change the plan that pastor uh, is not available. Okay. So we went to a different place uh, in Monrovia. We started the Jesus film around 6.37 in the evening. Okay. So it lasted until 9.30, 10 o'clock. We went there, we showed the movie, and then pastor invited the people to come forward for prayers, as well as uh, uh, whoever wants to accept the Jesus, please come forward. So, that is, so a lot of people came forward that mm-hmm. I saw that and uh, during my uh, packing up, yeah. uh, the duties. So we got into the jeep to come back to the ship again. So the pastor was telling me, Ananda, Ananda, the black diamond came. The black diamond came forward. At that point, I I, I couldn't comprehend well, what, what he was diamond? Uh, talking about. The black diamond means... During the civil war in Liberia, she was the most fiercest women commanders in the country. She was she was a very good sharpshooter, and there were twenty five heavily armed the people to protect her. Uh-huh. She was fighting alongside with the rebels. Wow. She punished whoever she wants. Yeah. But then to go back tiny bit. When we are before we are arriving in Liberia, that our ministry was preparing us what kind of a country that you are going into. So they were showing some documentaries. In one of those documentaries, this black diamond is showing. I got the connection now. Oh, that was a BBC documentary the British Broadcasting Corporation documentary. Yes. Oh, that is the person he's talking about. Then I said, what happened? She said, pray for me. I want to know this God. I know what I have done. It's only God who can forgive me. Wow. So I understand that we each have our own life stories, and God is taking us a journey, and we never know what is going to happen next. But yet he knows according to his purposes. That's what he says. Follow me. If you know the truth, that truth shall make you free. So that day, that lady wanted to understand the truth. But it's a long way. That was the one story that I would tell to anyone That is my personal experience, apart from many other really good ones. But one day we can share those good ones too.
0: (laughs) Um, Last thing I do want to ask you before we go, um, because I was thinking about this as you were sharing your story, because I personally have had some some struggles, and I know there are other people going to be listening to this, where you know someone that doesn't know the Lord, and you feel discouraged, and you feel like, I just— I don't know what else I can do, or I don't feel they're receptive to hearing the gospel, or um what, with, especially with your own experience, and you even kind of said it, like, show me God's love without trying to, um you know, force me to love the God that you know. What, what advice would you give someone if you're walking alongside someone that's not a believer? Um, Is it just to love them no matter what? I've always loved the, the expression, love them where they are, not where you want them to be. Um, but what would you say, to, for as encouragement to those listening, if maybe they're walking with someone or know someone that doesn't know Jesus, and maybe you get discouraged?
1: My only encouragement is not to get discouraged. There are moments in this life, we never know when that moment is going to come. The same thing it happened to me too. A lot of people try and at the end, one of my very good friends told me one time, Ananda, you cannot be a Christian because Buddha has killed your soul. I got really mad with him. I'm asking everyone not to make the same mistakes. We are not putting people off. Just because of our love, that they will understand the truth. Give them time. And also, we cannot make them Christians. It is the Holy Holy Spirit Spirit. that brings that person into that stage and also lead him into his kingdom. We are just part of that vessel. Not to get discouraged. Have perseverance. And never look back. There will be a day according to his purposes and will, that he will bring those who he wants to bring in. But our job is to go to the whole world and tell that truth, according to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am the gentle uh, and humble in heart, and you will... Rest for your souls. Finally, this is the verse that I would like to uh, that talk about, the Great Commission. It talks about, All authority in heaven and on, on earth has been given to me, that Jesus is talking. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I think not to get discouraged. Look to the God, and then one day that you will be happy, the other person is walking beside you. That is the journey that I have with my family. My mother, my brother, my sister, they all know the Christ, uh, the, the, who the Christ is. That means that who Jesus means. Yes. But yet, their journey is not yet there to understand, because in this world, we have so much understanding, the knowledge, the the everything in it, make us proud. Therefore, we can't understand the truth really. So don't get discouraged. Keep going. And that one day, God will bring that to pass.
0: Thank you so much, Ananda, for sharing your testimony and your story. And you're so right for the reminder. Um, it is not us. And I think sometimes even our own uh, flesh and arrogance, we, we sometimes forget, like, we're the ones doing it. And you're right. It's the Holy Spirit. Um, we're God's hands and feet and the Holy Spirit's the one that's going to do it. So thank you so much. Thank you for all you've done to spread the gospel um, and just all that you will continue to do.
1: Thank you very much for the opportunity. God bless you.
0: All right. Thank you so much for listening. Um, We do appreciate it. Um, This is Ryan Peterson, and as always, you're listening to Voices of Grace.